Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is uh, the Hill Pursuit Podcast, and guess what? This is episode 10, first double-digit episode in Hill Pursuit's history, our entire history. Mitch, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good, ready to rock. We're having the sneak this one in but i think we've been doing pretty good with staying on on schedule the one week so we're not we're not gonna fail that one yeah we have we've been doing pretty solid with that so yeah this this podcast we're shooting for one time per week to get to get some content out there so if you've been listening thanks for following along um if not if you're new you can check us out on um on social media at hill pursuit facebook and instagram um, you, you can check out our website, which is just hillpursuit.com where we have a daily blog. And then we also have access to, um, our, uh, our podcast episodes through the website. Um, so check both of those out. And then of course the podcast streams on Spotify, Google podcasts and Podbean. So do all of the things like subscribe, leave comments, messages, or send us an email at hillpursuit.gmail.com. We love to we love to hear from you guys and get some some back and forth going. So speaking of back and forth, we have a little change of pace today for our our tenth and first double digit episode ever in the history of the podcast. So um, typically we'll you know we'll discuss some some training stuff, what we're doing, um, what we're enjoying, things we're working on. Um, athlete experiences, you know, a little bit of everything. And today we have, well, let's, let's rewind. Let's talk about that first. So what have you done for training recently, Mitch? Like what, what kind of stuff are you doing? Anything fun lately? Uh, I wrote a blog. I'm probably the most updated. Well, no, I finished my first week of this extended cycle. Um, so, and I, like I said in the blog, I think I made the right decision to mm-hmm. extend feeling very good. Uh, so, um, yeah, read the blog. Like I said, my numbers, have, like I'm, I'm te- doing, testing my, uh, my last set, I'm taking pretty much to a, trying to hit a, a rep PR. So I've been hitting things that surprise me, to be honest. So it's kind of, kind of makes you realize the last, eight weeks have been leading up to uh, pretty much giving you success, giving me success and uh, just kind of putting proof into the pudding. So everything's been good, man. How about you? Nice. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, I've had a couple of really good sessions lately. Um, my strength sessions are going better than, you know, better than honestly I expect them to. So yeah. that's, that's fun. Um, I'm the, I thought about this the other day. This is a good topic for the future, but I'm the person who, you know, if I, if I feel some soreness from a strength session, not just some, don't get me wrong. It's okay to be sore, obviously. But if I feel like I need a break, I'm not going to wake up the next day and, and force myself to still heavy back squat or heavy deadlift, you know? So I'm the person that, yeah, I try to get a few strength sessions in per week right now. And honestly, I don't really have the hours in the week to do more than three. So if I get about two or three, I'm happy. But I also, if I'm, you know, if I know that I need to wait a 
little bit longer because I have other stuff that's more important or I'm just a little bit more sore than I'd like to be. I'm not going to waste my time heavy deadlifting the next day and just accomplishing nothing. So I think that's a super good point. Yeah. So, um, I'm also like making a, making some progress in that sense, I think is just being a little bit more aware of how I'm feeling and I'm doing it. I feel like I'm doing a good job. I did a good job this past week, at least with monitoring that today. I will admit I made a really stupid decision today. (laughs) I had, (laughs) I had no other time than like 545 in the morning to get in like a seven mile run that was on my, on my schedule. Cause I had to be at church from like eight to 12 basically. And now that I'm home, you know, it's, it's dad duty hard. So it's beautiful now, right? It's beautiful. It's like 35 and sunny. And honestly, lately where we're at, that's like shorts and t-shirt weather almost. So this morning I made a really stupid decision and I ran that run in the dark and it was below zero with an even colder wind chill. I finished my run at like seven o'clock and I looked at what the weather was and it was three degrees with a wind chill of one. And I was freezing until like 10 AM. Like just, (laughs) I was indoors the rest of the morning. It was so stupid. Like, don't get me wrong. I love environmental physiology. So like I, I look at this stuff sometimes as like cool opportunities to just mess around and test yourself. But I started this run and I was like, at first I was like a little bit jacked. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to run hard and see how, how this goes. Like a mile and a half in, I was like, all right, easy. Let's pull it back. This is like dangerously cold. Let's just get this volume in and leave it at that. So I pulled back big time, got the miles in, feel fine now, but looking back, I'm happy I got it in because otherwise I would have missed the day. So, um, you know, like the rest of my day is, is shot with stuff. So, um, got it in, not the best decision, but looking back, happy I got it in anyways today with our 10th episode, we're going to do something a little different. Um, we're going to get to know the coaches a little bit more. Now I know we've, we did this briefly, in like the first or maybe the second episode. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but um, we're just going to do a whole episode of asking each other questions and just to, just to get to know each other a little bit more. How's that sound, Mitch? I like it. I mean, I'm going to ask, I'm going to put, I've been looking forward to putting you on the spot. Oh yeah. I know know we had to, we had to postpone the podcast the other night and I, I'm I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like I was excited. Um, And when you you texted me, Hey, I got to reschedule. I was, uh, you hurt me a little bit. I hurt you. Uh, Oh, well, um, I was thinking right before we, right before we started this, how does it sound that in order to ask a question, we have to first answer the question? Yeah, so no, that's if I'm so gonna if I'm gonna ask you a question, I have to I have to be willing to answer that question myself, right? So if we if I ask a question, I'll give a brief answer of myself, and then you'll. Dive so you're in. Answering your, so you're answering your own question first. 
I think I think out of fairness for the process. I don't like fairness for this. Okay. Okay. I, right away. Right away. Because my take is this: is like you don't I, you don't want to answer the questions that you have for me. No, I will answer them. But if uh-huh. I'm putting, in all fairness, if I'm putting you on the spot, I don't want to give you any ammo to pop. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, we have to we have to be willing to answer any questions. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Cool. I, I don't want to give you any answers. All right. But, I got you. I got you. Okay. I'm going to defer to you. You get to ask the first question and we're just going to fire back and forth for a solid 20, 25 minutes. And we'll get to know, uh, let the viewers get to know the coaches a little bit more. So go ahead. You're up first. Ask away. I think I know the answer to this question because I have been blessed with having to pick you up a cup of this before. But how do you take your coffee? Black. Very well. That's- that is such an easy I, – I, I just love that you asked that question because I had a talk with somebody about caffeine today and coffee, actually. And I will admit that I will – I'll probably drink coffee until noon, basically. And I, I don't even count the cups. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not having, like, eight cups of coffee. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I do love black coffee and I'll have an easy three or four cups um, probably almost every day, honestly. But to people who don't know, that might sound like a lot, but caffeine is actually not um, there. There is like a cutoff point where it becomes too much and three to four cups is not that point. So um, anyways, yeah, definitely black multiple cups up to up to about noon after noon unless I've been like having a day <laughs> up in afternoon, I won't have a cup, but I might have one more cup in the, in the afternoon, but that might only be like once a week. Um, what about you? How do you take your coffee? Black. I just finished yeah. a cup. I, just, yeah. I worked, I worked last yeah. night. So yeah, I yeah. Work, brewed a cup, um, just finished it. And like you said, I usually wait. My first cup is usually just one cup. And then I usually wait and, most of the time, I'll have one later in the day. So, I all, <laughs> I love that you asked this question because we, what what were we doing that one time? You took me to a coffee shop and you you knew everything about how to order fancy cups of coffee, and I had no clue. I was like, I don't know, just give me a black coffee, and you you go up, you're like, yeah, I'll take the Cadillac, the Escalade of coffee. <laughs> what was my, that? My favorite. I don't, I can't. Oh, we were. Uh, was that a conference we were at? It, it was a conference. I, yeah. Um, and I think I just, I hunted down a good coffee shop because we were in a pretty, we, we were in a pretty cool area. So. Um, oh man. Yeah. That, I'm that a, was good. I'm glad. I'm, a, I'm glad you asked that question because I love reflecting on that moment of of our relationship. That was really funny for me. All right. I'm glad it was funny, but it was good. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Easy, easy, easy question. Um, so where did you grow up? I grew up in a uh, small town, Northeast Pennsylvania, Lee Hyden. Um, okay. So born and raised there. Pretty what's much. The, like what's the high school? Like population? No. Like what high school do you go to? Yeah. Yeah, Lee Hyden Area High School. Oh, okay, got you, got you. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I was um like Lancaster County. I went to Elizabethtown High School, so. Okay. Yeah, that was an easy one. So I'm taking another one. Um, 
are you do you consider yourself type a are you organized disorganized somewhere in between are you a type a personality yes yeah mm, yeah in all scenarios no but i would say majority of scenarios yes type a yeah i, th I think yep. i could say the same for myself i'm like um now i'll definitely say not all scenarios but for the most part i love to be very organized like i'm comfortable we're both comfortable being super organized and like shouldering lots of responsibility and um like with stuff with kids you kind of have to like be a lot more flexible than than like super by the book type a stuff but aside from that that part of my life absolutely type a yeah type a like i'm schedule wise and things like that i'm totally willing to make changes that's i don't that's why i don't really get flustered by hey this came up we got to cancel this reschedule um i don't that stuff doesn't really get get to me um but like in terms of trying to be organized i think it's more of like a learning thing that i'm constantly trying to get better at so maybe i'm trying to be more type a in some areas and in other areas i, th I think i tried not to be type a you know yeah so. yeah sure okay you're up go ahead um, what is your favorite book? Good question. Um, favorite book? Just favorite book in general or like training yeah. related? No, I just like your favorite book. Just okay. doesn't have to be. Um, probably. Hmm. Potentially, in terms of its relevance today, potentially 1984. Um, but also as a, as a kid and not really as an adult, but I was super, super into the Harry Potter books when those were out. Um, again, not really as much, as much now, but I guess when, um, in terms of <laughs> how crazy popular those books were, that's definitely, I mean, that's our time. That's our age group. Like those were huge when we were kids. Absolutely. Um, the Bible first, for sure. But I guess in terms of uh, after that, it just kind of depends on the day. In terms of training stuff, probably just what I'm reading now. And it's easy for me to say. I know some people will like go back and say, oh, I've read Supple Leopard a billion times. But um, I like that book as well. But Conscious Coaching that I'm reading right now is really good. So um, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, excuse me if my dog's barking in the background. Yeah. But um, so I think first and foremost, like you said, the Bible. That's a that's a hard one to beat. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimate, just ultimate book. If I had to fall back on is uh, um, Dichotomy of Leadership. Hmm. And it's written by Jocko Willink. I think it's a uh, it's a good one. I think it I just saw life. he had um, that guy is a freaking tank of inspiration. Um, he had some other book about. I forget the name of it. Something about building a something kid. You, yeah, but he, he has a kid series too. Yeah, it was like the fourth or fifth one. He he, he just like a writing machine. Uh, yeah, it's in, it's in, it's incredible. Yeah, he's he's the man. He's got some awesome stories. You definitely you pass on some of his cast to me, and I I love listening to that stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. What was your first or farthest back your earliest memory of 
sport or competition? I mean, I started playing. Okay, so you talk about type A personality, right? So <laughs> I played t-ball, but I stopped playing because I, I, I guess I didn't like the concept of hitting a ball off a tee. So um, I kind of got out of that and then continue with baseball is probably my earliest sport. But in terms of where I think I really started competing, was I started football in like third grade. So I think honestly dating back, that was probably where like the whole competition in sport started. And then I actually started gymnastics soon after. Nice. And um, that was gymnastics was unique because it was very, yeah, we, I actually was in like a competition team and um, you know, you look back at it and it's, it's very, it, it tests you because, you know, you're learning different moves and um, it's really about like how pushing yourself to like uncomfortable levels. And I think it was a, that was a, I was, I was, I did it for about, let's say six years. And then I had to choose where I was going to go with sports. Um, so I think third grade is probably where like the whole competition, I could say, started blending. I mean, I grew up in a sports family. Uh, football has been huge um, for all of us. So I think that's kind of all where it began. I have an older brother too. So I think competition was something that has been there since day one. But um, does that answer it? I kind of jumped yeah. around. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have, I don't have like a set date. I think competition, fortunately for me, has kind of always been in my life, which is good. How about you? So my earliest sporting memory is probably probably like taking swim lessons as a really really young kid and that's okay. I say that and it's super ironic because that's like the last time I was even in a pool before triathlon as a 30 year old you know so um yeah that's probably my earliest but I also like vividly remember t-ball as well being like the first thing that I participated in in like the team setting. So, okay. Um, yeah, I guess just piggybacking off of that, I'm kind of stealing the next question, but how about like best and worst sports, like memory or experience since we're talking about competition and everything? Uh, I'm going to take two. I don't, I usually like to answer a question with one best, like one, answer to one question but i'm gonna kind of have to steal the maybe take two for one probably the best sporting memory that i, had. I got to start as a freshman in football and my brother was a senior oh so nice I, I got to play the entire football football season with him so uh that was pretty cool and then probably the one of the worst sporting memories that i think i had was it was a home wrestling match and like i said where i'm from wrestling is it's big time so like home matches would they, they would get packed and um i had a big match i was looking super this is probably one this is very humbling i was looking super forward to it it was uh um so i go out and i think i actually bumped up a weight and i got caught within like the first 15 seconds and i got stacked and um Dang. yeah so that was that was pretty humbling so i uh Kind of like one of them things, you know, in front of a bunch of people. And I mean, not just not, it wasn't so much being in front of a bunch of people, but I put a lot of hype myself into the 
into that match and I was looking super forward to it. And uh, I think I got a little ahead of myself. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was good. How about you? Um, I'll start with my worst because my, my best, or at least maybe not best, but most memorable is kind of like a cool story, I think. But so my worst was, okay, so basketball was my favorite sport. Like I was the kid who watched NBA in college, like every single day and like wanted to, <laughs> wanted to play basketball. But, um, I wasn't actually like too great at basketball, but I just loved it a lot and worked really, really hard at it. And I wasn't like, I wasn't getting the time. I wasn't getting out of it what I thought I was putting into it. So, um, me quitting basketball, not quitting, but just like deciding to, to not go out again, I guess, was like one of the hardest and probably my worst sports memory just because I, I loved it so much. But um, like I said, I wasn't I didn't feel like I was getting out of it what I was putting into it anymore. So um, that was like after two years of high school, I just didn't play anymore. And ironically, I then had like some awesome sporting experiences with other winter sports, which was really, really cool. But um, yeah, so that's probably like my worst sports memory or I don't regret it. Um, but that was hard just cause I love basketball so much, but my best is, and I could make this story super long, so I'm just going to tell it quickly. Um, I don't know if I was a junior or senior, but sometime in, in high school playing baseball, which was, I was probably the best at baseball. That's probably like my best sport. Um, there was like this, this stud pitcher that was um, being looked at and he could throw, he could hit nineties with his fastball, whatever. Um, and I was a catcher, but I didn't really play a whole lot of catcher in high school, but I kind of had that mindset. So I'd be like looking at pitchers to figure out if I could tell what pitch they're throwing, that kind of thing, whatever. And me and my coach were watching this guy throw and trying to figure out like when his curveball was coming. And we pretty much thought that we had it almost like locked in by like fourth, fifth inning, whatever. And so he's getting to the point where um, he's telling me that he's got it. And I think I got it, whatever, like when he's going to throw it. So I go up into the box and the score here is completely irrelevant. I don't even remember what inning it was, but I go up into the box and he basically said to me beforehand, he was like, if curveball's coming, I'm just going to say, okay, here we go, Gerhardt. Like, just sh shout out my last name real quick. And then I would know the curveball's coming, right? Like, super easy. Um, you know, a couple pitches go by. He said it once or twice. Didn't throw strikes or I fouled it off, whatever. Um, get to a full count eventually. And um, I'm looking at what the pitcher is doing. Like, whatever tip that we ended up thinking we had. And I thought the curveball was coming. So I'm listening for my coach and he's not saying anything. So I called timeout. Um, I just like put my hand up to the ump. I called timeout and I look over at my coach and he just kind of shrugs. He's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's coming. So I step back into the box and I'm like, this thing's coming. I can see what this kid is doing. And then and then I hear my coach right before the pitch comes. He goes, All right, Gerhardt. So I just kind of smiled. But dude, I hit it over the gate. I was so jacked. It was like I was just so happy that that it happened that way. It was it was pretty exciting because you know you put a lot of time into trying to figure out 
what if someone's tipping their pitches and I thought I had it he didn't think I had it and then I got back in and we were both on the same page and I jacked it over the gate that was pretty exciting but um yeah I thought that was pretty cool so that is exciting yeah all right you're up I just hijacked a couple minutes there no you're good that's that's good stuff um when did you first start officially training in life oh man I'm not embarrassed to say this but (laughs) I had no clue what I was doing until like sophomore junior year of college no clue I had no idea how to train my first experience with training was I took a strength and conditioning class as a sophomore in high school. We had, we had some sort of elective structure and I got to select to take that class and it was a lot of fun. So I would exercise, but I had zero clue what I was doing. Nobody like showed up, nobody held our hand and walked us around the gym. And the sports, the sports that I was involved in up to that point, we like, we didn't, we didn't train like that. So, um, when I ended up not going out for basketball, I started wrestling and doing some track. And those were the two sports that introduced me to what it, what it looks like to train appropriately. Um, so within those sports seasons, I started like actually training for real in high school, like junior, senior, but, um, without their supervision, I still had no clue how to do it. So my freshman, freshman, maybe a little bit of sophomore year of college, I was basically like a, a cat in water, just like flailing around the gym, not really knowing what I'm doing. And then, um, what's cool is, you know, you learn more about the science and what it looks like, and you get more into specific types of lifts and, um, you learn what work to rest ratio should look like. You learn about bioenergetics and how to train within appropriate energy systems and stuff like that. And then you can get super creative. And about that time is when I started getting more serious about training. Um, mm-hmm. even at that time, I was the typical college kid that's just trying to lift as heavy as he can, as he can, like almost all the time, which is obviously silly, but Um, I probably got very much more intelligent with my own programming only in like maybe the last five, six years. Um, so I'm happy with where I'm at now and, and the, the time and energy that I put into my stuff, I think is definitely good. So, um, yeah, you got to go through lots of like down time, down years of having no clue, you know, at least where I'm from, we didn't have that oversight with a strength coach. So, you know, you might've, you might've struck gold and had a coach who knew what, knew what they were doing. Um, and that I, I was that way with both wrestling and track. Those are, I still think about those coaches from high school all the time, like just incredible coaches, very, very seasoned, very professional. They had a lot of knowledge with the sport and the skill and the technique, but then also, the weight room and how to supplement it and become a better athlete. So, um, I think about those coaches all the time. Um, yeah, that was, that's my experience with, you know, how I got introduced to training and where it's at now. What about you? No, that's, I think I love hearing how people's introduction to training was because it's, it's unique in one way, but I think 
we all kind of go through if you're if you actually stick out training in life i think everyone kind of has a similar transformation to when they have like the come to jesus moment um so i got in i started officially training probably sixth in the seventh grade um that's when my mom was like hey you can here you can go start lifting now and um we would actually my football program had a pretty decent uh, we, we would go in, it was like after school, uh, very structured. So I was lucky there. And then I wish I, I still did the structured programming, but then I also tried doing, I think more. And I thought, I always thought more was better. And at hindsight, 50, 50, but I think I actually did a total disadvantage to myself over the course of four years in high school. And then college, I still tried to reinvent the wheel like the first few years. And then once I hit like my senior year of college, it was like, I mean, I looked back, it was like, I have, how far have I really come these last six years in training? I sat back and looked and like, I have to, I mean, I read all this stuff. I claim to know some things and you're trying to, I was trying to be a master at everything. I was trying to be strong. I was trying to be the ultimate, um, I was trying to have the best condition I could all at one time, like serve a bunch of different masters within the training world. And it was getting me nowhere. So when I actually stepped back, it was like my senior year and then my master's degree, I kind of stepped back and actually started following what I said I thought was the right way to do things. And since then, which when did I, when was I, when did I come to you for my master's? What year was that? 16. Yeah. So like 15 into 16 since then, I can say probably like you, I've really honed in my training, confident in what I'm doing. And um, that's when I think things totally took off kind of in the training world. So similar to we all have to go through that transformation to see like, hey, this is not working for me. So pretty much same thing, just maybe a different route. Yeah, I mean, that's funny because that's the same time frame that I can say I you know, got more serious with my own training, but we were at completely different times in our life. Like you were in getting into a master's program and I was getting into my profession, you know, as uh, a professor. So I like, I'll just comment on that quick is at least for me in terms of like the ebbs and flows of how you change up your training or have, or, or like ebbs and flows between your intention behind your training, I guess. I'll say is like, I can speak to this a little bit. Like when I was in my, when I was an undergrad and a master's student, I wish I would have been like smarter with my training because I, I felt like I had all the time in the world, you know, and you know, you know this cause you went through the master's program, but yeah, doing, doing research is difficult and takes up your, a lot of your time, but you still have a lot of time to do stuff if you make time. And if you're, you know, if you're, here we go back to that type A, if you're type A and get your stuff done and you work hard, yeah, you can have time to train for sure. So I had a ton of time at at that point in my life, but then I had almost like no time in my doc program. I felt like, so I exercised every day, every day I would go to the gym and exercise But then, like you said, where you you sit back and eventually you're you're like reflecting on, okay, what have I really accomplished in this time frame of my life or whatever? 
And over that, you know, I hate to say that, but it was like two years. I'm like, I don't even know if I've accomplished anything, but let's, let's not, let's not say that that's always a negative thing. Like exercise is good for health and longevity. Yeah, for sure. But, um, in terms of like meeting performance specific goals, I was, I was like just running in place, you know? So, um, I didn't have the time or energy to really say, I need to lift this much by this time, or I need to get this much faster by this time. Um, so I was <laughs> spinning my wheels and, um, still exercising, not really training, I would say. And then, you know, um, now I can say that with children, you go through that with kids as well, where you might only get a half hour if you get a half hour <laughs> in a day yeah. to two day time period. So, um, now thankfully for me right now, our oldest is old enough that she's great and very, very consistent. Um, our youngest is also like <laughs> a way better eater and sleeper than our oldest was when she was a baby. So like, it's not bad at all right now. I can basically, like I have enough energy because our daughter sleeps so well. I have enough energy that I can get up in the morning and basically get all of my training done before, before the sun, you know what I mean? So, um, that was not the case with my first daughter. She did not sleep and eat well. So it's going to change. You know, if, if, if my youngest was a horrible sleeper and eater, then I would not be training right now. I would be exercising maybe, but I, right now I can say I'm training because I have very specific intentions and I'm getting my volume. I'm getting my intensity in for sure. But, um, yeah, that was a good one. Was that your question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, let me just, I'm going to quit. I know we're, we're, we're pushing here, but let me just, I think you, you brought up all, two awesome points. I think this would be a cool podcast exercise versus training. Yeah. You, exercise is fantastic. I don't care. I would always say exercise. But once you start getting a specific goal in mind, that's when you start have to coming into the program on like, how can I set this up best? I think you said another awesome point too, is like you have kids now. It's like every transformation in life is like you kind of go through like an experimental stage, figuring out what works best for you. And either you fall off the bag wagon or you grow with it. And it seems like you're doing a phenomenal job. Like you text me all the time. Hey, I got my workout in before sunrise. Like yeah. you're creating that time. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks. Let's go like one or two more. Okay. Um, so what's something that most people might not know about you? Not something that you like hide from people, like a big, deep, dark secret. That's not what I'm asking, but like something about you that maybe even a lot of people who know you might not know about you. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, the reason I, the reason I I asked that is I can even answer first if you want because it was asked no, of me it was no, asked of me recently so um I'm a huge music fan like this is maybe something like people like this not has nothing to do with training um but I uh, I really enjoy music all types of music and um I think you could relate to this you play the drums I that's I, my I, thing that's my answer is it really <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've had played some musical instruments in the past. Um, I actually played the saxophone back. Yeah, you told me that. Back in the day, but um, <laughs> I should have. 
I should have stuck with it. Uh, it was pretty, it's a pretty cool instrument. I've tried teaching myself the guitar and I, I don't, I'm not quitting on that. It's just, I haven't picked the thing up um, in a little bit, but I would love to, by the time this life is over, have said I taught myself how to play the guitar. So that's probably, um, that's probably if I, people didn't know that I do, I'm a, I'm a huge music buff. I recently got introduced to Apple music. I know that people out there, like I'm not like a real, up to date with technology and you laugh at me for it um but i have got that so yeah so that's about it so is, was yours the the drums yeah i was just because it was asked of me recently so um yeah it's just that i'm that i'm a drummer and i drum in my my church's worship team which i think is pretty cool and actually that's what i was doing this weekend is i was drumming so um, that's really cool yeah, it's it's awesome. I love it. I've oh, I've drummed since I was ten, which is crazy because now I'm almost thirty two years old. And um, yeah, it's pretty sweet that I've been drumming for that long. When I really like sit down and think about it, it's pretty awesome. But um, okay, let's go. You got another one? Go ahead. Um, you're a professor, right? Yeah. Um, have you all? Is that something I never asked you this? Is that always? Is that a profession you always wanted? That's funny you asked that because I had that as a question for you. Like, I think I, I phrased it, what did you want to be when you were younger? What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> but for me, um, no, it wasn't always it wasn't always the goal. So for me, um, I'll tell this story because it's, it's a cool story. And you know, I tell this story to my students almost at the beginning of every semester. Um, I finished my undergraduate program and I had an internship that I loved and I was planning to work at that internship for you know the foreseeable future young single guy had no I hadn't met my wife yet I had no like plan for um what I was really gonna do I just I liked where I was and it was like a a wellness facility and I was gonna stay there and just work and make make some money and whatever see where, see what happens next. So the last day of my undergrad, I'm turning in a written paper under a professor's door and I see another professor. Um, I'm shouting her out because it, it literally like changed my life. Um, Dr. Stanger, I see her in the hallway and she says, Hey, what are you doing after this? And I said, I'm not sure, you know, I'll probably just stay at the place I'm at and work for a little bit and see how it goes. And because he offered me a job to stay on full time. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, and she said, well, we're, um, you know, don't, don't forget we have a master's program. You should apply if, if you're not 100% sure and you're going to be in the area anyway, why don't you just apply and see what happens? So it never occurred to me to get a master's degree. Isn't that crazy? Never occurred to me to get a master's degree. This professor reached out to me. Yeah. Reached out to me and I applied for the master's program, got a graduate assistantship. I learned way more in my master's program than I ever even thought existed. And then I got, I almost like fell in love with like the professional world of exercise physiology and, you know, educating myself, but also helping others and educating others. And um, I knew that as, as a master's student, then I, I decided I was going to get my um, doctorate degree. And 
then I went out to Kent and completed that and, you know, everything kind of came full circle. And then, um, yeah, that it was not in the plan from day one necessarily. I think as a, as a kid, as a kid, everybody, you know, firefighter, police officer, you know, but, um, when I was in high school, I wanted to be health and phys ed. Like I, I looked up to my coaches and my, um, you know, health and phys ed teachers. And I thought that was the coolest job. And, um, I'm kind I'm not, I don't teach within health and phys ed, but I like, I love working with students and young people and, um, you know, it's college age, it's not high school, but I still really, really enjoy it. And I like educating and helping people learn and be healthy and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm glad how it worked out, even though it wasn't exactly as I planned it. What about you? So I come from a family business. We have my uh, well drilling business. So I always thought that would be something I would possibly dabble in. I grew up working on a drill rig a lot with my dad and stuff. Um, but I always had, like, I always wanted to serve in the military. That was like, no matter what I did in my life, I wanted to say I did that. I had a grandfather that I looked up to. He was in Korea. Um, and he, uh, he kind of inspired that. It ended up not working out. I, um, some things came up and uh, do I say maybe I'm a little bummed that that part of my life didn't do that. I not back to do four years um, at least maybe, um, but it, like it worked out for the better. I got into a career now that's uh, in the service realm um, and uh, met my wife. So maybe I didn't get the, get that military experience. That I thought I always would I kind of always wanted to, to get, but I'm able to get into a field where I can help others and, um, uh, and something I, I look forward to going to work every day. And I, I absolutely, I love my job. So it's, uh, kind of in that same realm, but yeah, so everything, I cannot complain whatsoever. I, I'm, I am way more satisfied than I ever thought I'd be with where I'm at. So, yeah. Awesome. I like hearing that too. Obviously we're friends now, but I like hearing that because, you know, you came through when I was teaching you and it was, um, it was pretty cool to, you know, that we're, that we've stayed in touch and to hear and see that you've grown to love what you're doing, which is awesome. So I got one more. Are you cool with one more? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Do you consider yourself to be an athlete? And what do you look forward to most in terms of whether or not you do consider yourself an athlete? I want to consider myself an athlete until the day I'm no longer here. I don't <laughs> care what, what it is, um, whether I'm relating it to work. Like I said, we, I relate a lot to um, my training to hunting and I plan on hunting until, until I can't pick up my bow anymore. And um and then at that point, and it will just be, Hey, I'm just, I'm going to train for my life. So I think, I think, and that's, that's, I think that's a lot. I think of it too, is that's how I've always trained. I've always trained to be a better athlete. And I think no matter, that's kind of where, that's where all my goals stem from. So that's how I can relate my training to an overall purpose. So I think I always consider myself an athlete, whether I'm lying to myself or not, <laughs> I'm always going to consider myself some sort of athlete. Yes. How about you? Well, first of all, I think everybody should consider themselves an athlete for sure. I think mm -hmm. it's, I think, you know, 
this past week we discussed, I mean, we talked about it briefly, but just the concept of being disciplined, you know, and I think everybody should have some level of discipline in their life. And I think we learned that type of lesson from, you know, the structure of an athlete. You know, if you think back to the, the structure, the, the, the discipline that you did have as a team from a coach and what you had to build to work well with others, or if you're by yourself, you have to, you know, if you're an individual sport, the time that you have to put in to kind of learn your craft. I mean, there's, there's discipline in being an athlete. So I think that it's really, really important for everybody. Um, even if you're training for nothing, um, yeah. you're, like you just said, you train for life. That's what you do. Um, and that's so funny. Cause I'll never forget this. You remember when we were out at the co-op park, that 5k and we would, we would carry bags or vests with us. And we did that 5k in the woods. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about that. The other yeah. Day. That was I, cool. I did that. I did that a lot when I lived in Indiana and um, I had this guy who was walking a dog and I had 50, a 50 pound rucksack on and I'm like jogging along this 5k and I pass him with his dog and he's like, what are you training for? And I was like, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders cause I wasn't really training for anything. And I was just like, Hmm, I'm training for life. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> You know, he was like, oh, cool. And, you know, I was already past him at that point. But I think, you know, you don't have to have something on your calendar to to be an athlete. Like, sure, you have your hunt in September. I have my race in September, whatever. If that stuff just goes away, are you just not going to train anymore? No. You're still you're going to wake up. You're going to grind. You're going to have discipline. You're going to do your best to eat right. You're going to try to hit your workouts. You know, you're going to lift at the percentages that you have within your plan because that's 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 a good um, that's a good healthy dose of discipline um, and structure that people just need in their lives. So, yeah, I'm an athlete. You're an athlete. I think everybody should consider themselves an athlete at, at the very least for that formal structure and that discipline um, that can just go a long way to, um, you know, trickle down to every aspect of your life. So, yeah. I think that was awesome. I think that was an awesome final question. <laughs> I, I was looking through, cause I, I have a longer list. I'll probably save some of these other ones for you next time, but. Um, part two. Yeah. Part two, maybe in 10 more episodes, but yeah. um, yeah, I thought that was a good question to end on. Um, you got anything else? No, that's, that's everything. All right. Well, we hope that we didn't bore you guys too much, the listeners. So thanks for sticking with us. If you did stick with us this long, maybe you learned some new stuff about us. Um, maybe you want to respond to some of these questions. So go ahead, throw a comment down, send us an email. Um, you can comment on any of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, just at Hill Pursuit. Send us an email at hillpursuit at gmail.com. And just don't forget that we have the, um, the daily blog and podcast, and you can access both of those on hillpursuit.com. Um, we'd love to get some feedback, maybe hear some of your answers to these questions. It'd be, it'd be kind of fun, funny. Um, so I guess that's really all we got. Um, anything else from you, Mitch? No, that was a fun one, but yeah, uh, that's all. I got, so we're out of here. Cool. Until next time. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya.